0: Benvenuti ai Business Talks di Idea, un podcast pensato per gli sviluppatori italiani di videogiochi. L'appuntamento di oggi è PR and Communications in the Time of Covid-19. Welcome, thank you for taking part of this new business talk, and actually, last time was the first time that we did it it was in italian (laughs) this one is being in english i will be again the moderator i've never did some moderation in english so i hope to do well in that and this time we have stefano and emily uh, as our guest and they will talk with us about pr and communication so welcome stefano welcome emily uh, if you want to do a brief introduction about who you are, what we do, I, I I think a lot of uh, people already know you, but, you know.
1: Yeah, so thank you so much to having uh, us here. Yeah, I think I know some of you, and uh, just want to do a quick introduction, but very, very, very quick. It's more about all of you guys than us. Uh, so um, my name is Stefano, uh, and I am from Renaissance VR. I founded Renaissance VR as a small boutique PR and communication agency uh, made by people that work in the games industry since at least 10 years. So everyone in the team has got 10 years experience coming from different background. As you know, as some of you know and as you hear, my Italian accent uh, is quite strong. I live in the UK since 2006 and uh, the idea of today is uh, just giving you a bit of uh uh, Ask your question about what's happening in the world and how you can overcome um, the launch of your game, corporate PR, crisis management and anything that you can have as a question. We are, we are here and we are we, we happy to help uh, to provide um, any type of direction. Uh, with me got Emily Reed, which is one of the most respected professional in the PR world and I love Emily. We worked together when I was in Italy still. And um, Emily's been in the industry for twenty years. She worked on different brands. So I don't know, Emily, if you want to give a quick introduction from you. I know you know. You know Italy very well. Uh,
2: so I'm really embarrassed that this is in Italian because basically, because I can't speak Italian. I'm sorry. I can speak French and Spanish, but never managed to learn Italian. Even though Italy's one of my favourite places on the planet, and I'm terribly gutted at the moment that I can't visit it. I worked in the industry for 20 years and lots of that has been with Steph um, when he was Italian journalist and then Italian PR and then he came over here to Ubisoft and we were just friends. And yeah, my background is PR, uh, although I did start as a QA tester and then went into PR and finally worked with Steph. And we work remotely and flexibly anyway. And one of the reasons why I work with Steph is because I've got very small children so the normality of working for me is changed because of that and then here came coronavirus and lockdown and that's what we're going to talk about today isn't it?
0: Yeah absolutely I would start with that actually then like like we did last week we want to keep it as an, an open discussion as open as possible so if anyone has any question just write in the channel and we will answer that so first thing is that okay coronavirus changed a lot of things first of all how did it impact your your business and how you work and then uh, what is communication and PR under
1: coronavirus I believe there is um... One thing is important to assess is that, from an agency point of view, we we are really used to uh, on uh, in uh, using uh, an agile methodology and a remote in, in a remote way. So we didn't change a lot uh, for us. But what allowed us is to know and overcome difficulties that people that a company that doesn't have this methodology. We're using this methodology have. So in this way, we think we're quite in a good place. Uh, in regards of the games industry per se, what we uh, we start collecting metrics and data about our daily job uh, since essentially when things start happening in Italy. And yeah, you know, my family is in Milan, so uh, I I have to be completely honest. Uh, I end up crying a couple of times, and even now still in a bit because I'm very scared. But at the same time, I just needed to go on and continue to say, okay, what we need to do with our job, with our clients and everything. What we discover is that because of the world lockdown situation, there is a massive slowdown for all the channels that you can see, both on content creator side, so YouTubers and general streamer and on uh, media traditional media side. So from one side you have uh, a drop in investments for advertising in media because company now are just uh, trying to save as well as possible. Of course development pipeline for lots of games has been affected so there will be delay or slow down or even uh, today there was, a new calm, there was a news that some developers are actually cutting the feature of their game to make sure they're able to, to get the game out at the day that they uh, aim for and um, from a communication point of view the keys uh, for all of you guys and you know the keys also for me and, and and the way we work with the clients is not focusing on what we lost in with the lockdown but what we want to achieve from our campaign so this is important in the terms that you shift your mindset a practical example is that there is no Gamescom, for example, and there is no E3. If I start thinking about, oh my God, I lost an opportunity, this is where I start feeling a bit desperate. And it's, it's normal. <laughs> it's normal because uh, events are a key. But if I start thinking what was my goal at Gamescom, and identified the goal, then I can start saying, okay, if my goal was meeting me then I'm gonna have the uh, yes. I don't. I don't need to go to Germany. Can I do something in a different, remote way, for example? And this where all the shift in the mentality uh, on um, working in the, in in the age of lockdown can help a lot actually to spend less money and to achieve uh, more or less the same results.
2: Well, I think it's changed. I mean, obviously, it's undeniable that it's changed for everyone. But I think what we've experienced as renaissance is start start at home so start with the staff are the staff okay because like Steph said people are suffering from anxiety at different times as well so like we have a call every morning at 10 a.m and there's been different days when different people have been upset or stressed by the situation and no one can work to capacity if they're not feeling okay and I think the other thing is to accept that we are working in different circumstances and to be kind to people like because of that so as we were talking at the very beginning my circumstances now I have two very young children at home but other people will have got a sick parent or grandparents they can't see or you know just personal things that are causing them anxiety so the first thing is are the staff happy and then every company has ways of handling that so one of our clients has now a call every morning on slack and they have to wear silly hats and how is this affecting your client so like Steph said one of the things we're experiencing with a lot of our clients is QA delays, so ac- you know accepting that and being adaptable to that and then the Steph just talked a lot about the changes for the press so and then so then it's like well, okay the objectives are changing we have to accept that now what do we do and it's approaching that calmly and rationally.
0: So it's it's definitely a, a very difficult time but at the same time it opens up for new opportunities right? So what do you think are the biggest opportunity now? If you are a developer or a small publisher or stuff like that, what you can actually
1: do? I believe there is one element that we see resonating a lot, which is uh, events. I would invite everyone on this call to go and have a look on how much budget they spent last year to go to different events in europe if not around the world and what the outcome of those event was because i I did this exercise and i started realizing that probably i can meet interact um with the same people this year because uh, the difference is that we are all in the same boat it's not that just one country or just one section of the industry the whole industry is in a very difficult position there will be Possibility to interact with those people that you interact against 4 3 remotely. How you do that? It's uh, using, uh, for example, I personally speaking with UK at the moment to organise sort of uh, where we are within the industry in the UK. We're trying to support the NHS, which is our national health system, to provide free games, and this is happening remotely, regardless. So my message is, look out about what you did last year when you actually can go to the cinema and, you know, you can go to LA at E3. Now you cannot do. Try to see, try to change the perspective. Mm. There is methodology, there is tools. Of course, everyone uses Discord, Zoom now, Slack. I use all of them and I hate all of them because I'm a more a people person. I like to meet people. But at the end of the day, it makes me more um, efficient. There's an example. You know what, Emily, uh, what do you think?
2: In a way, it's You've gone back to old fashioned PR, which is relationships. So it's talking to people, you know, uh, trying to pick up the phone and actually make a pitch (laughs) and actually, and not even that, just picking up the phone to make the contact instead of relying on email. And then also maybe we have become a bit too reliant on all the events because they were, the events were putting huge pressure on everybody's time and budgets especially for the smaller indies who you know you can't be at them all so it's like well which ones do you pick so there's that but uh, moving it to kind of what you can it depends what size your community is but there's lots of ways you can look at can you speak directly to your community can you use can you use the time you'd have spent traveling to an event to make and the money to make more content to make more screenshots trailers videos, podcasts and um, that kind of thing and it's about the other reason why I think it's slipping back to the older ways is it's important it's the code is going to do some talking provided you're happy to you know the provided your game is at the stage where it can be reviewed or you know hands-on can people play your game and that and how do you present it and then we can talk a bit more about some of those tools and opportunities. Can't we Steph?
1: Yes, indeed. These are very general methodology we've we, literally we started using for few weeks now. But uh maybe after this, I don't know if um anyone in the group ever has a specific question about anything, about they project, they challenge, or something that they don't know how to overcome, absolutely. We we can be a bit more parallel more concrete advice but what we discover is that the whole idea of uh, um, a streaming platform it works absolutely as a joy at the moment there is companies at least five companies in the uk now and two in the us and they actually offer it to people that were supposed to go to events and show their own game to create uh, the equivalent of uh, a stream a streamed event uh, so if you think about a press trip or a press there there is company now come to you and say, essentially, they're giving you a personal Google Stadia. That's not the technology they're using, but it just did an example. And I was, I was astonished yesterday. Um, I think Emily and Greg, which is uh, working in my team, they did a test with a two years or three years old Microsoft Surface, which is is not engineer for game and a very normal five megabit line, probably, and they have an absolutely hands-on experience without lagging it. So, uh, since uh, the World Lockdown happened, there is technology solution that we we are aware and to be fair, we are happy to provide an introduction if any of you guys um, are interested into. We provide the contact details to IDEA, and to continue the campaign of your game because if he he was planning to show the game at at gdc well you lost the gdc do you and how are we going to do that and there is solution there that if you pass in a budget sheet they probably cost uh, the same or maybe a bit less than flying three, four people to san francisco and 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 stay there for travel accommodation and and stuff. so these are these are one of the examples that we see yeah i
2: was in the demo it's it was so, this was one technology, but like, it, it felt magic almost. Like, they still have a studio in West London, and two technicians actually work in the studio, but they're socially distant. So, like, it, they sit at opposite ends. And then your code sits on their hardware, which is really high end. And then the journalist, wherever they are in the world, logs in and then takes control of that PC. And then it was really good, because I I come from a series of publishers where security was like a real issue. So there was ways of fingerprinting the demo so that it couldn't be the guy at the other end, the journalist couldn't record it, for example. But whilst that journalist was playing, the agency, NJ Live, could make a recording and then send that to the... Guy, so they'd have their own video capture. It seemed quite powerful, and yeah, you can have a really rubbish laptop. It, it doesn't mean that you need a good one. So that was just one. There's plenty of other, like you know, there's other remote events. I mean, everyone must be watching. I don't know, some like r- live Instagram events and live Facebook events and all of that kind of thing. And there's agencies offering to create that kind of show. For you as well, but obviously, then you've got to think. Okay, well, who's my audience? How am I gonna publicize this? How do I get people to sit and watch this? And you know, that's that's where they're the new challenges to to ask ourselves as PR professionals. Now that we can't just take people to Cologne for Gamescom,
0: if anyone has any kind of questions, uh, just ask on the the channel and we'll try to answer that. In the meantime, do you think there will be a lasting event in in the game industry about the events and everything? Get back to normal or something will stay as it is right now, so there will be more uh, remote conversation, remote
1: demos also in the future? I become a functional agoraphobic. I am scared to go out of my house. Uh, at the moment, I, I just need to be honest. I am scared. So even if tomorrow they say to me everything is gone, let's go to Gamescom and have pork uh, knuckle and beers uh, and go to the Irish bar, uh, I will be really scared. I believe this is gonna be gonna have a long-lasting effect with a with, with with a good chunk of it. So uh, I personally don't think we're gonna see any event probably. Go back to slightly normal until probably twenty twenty one. If I have to be honest, I don't know what you think, Andy, but I'm I I am really scared to travel at the moment.
3: Hi, uh, my name is Giacomo Masala from Red Koi Box, and I would have a question. Actually, if it would be possible, it was pretty much on the line of what you just talked about. So, so yeah, basically, is given that we're we'll probably be like a definitely change in uh, the way we do business right now. I was wondering if uh, you know of some event that is already working towards becoming fully uh, digital or if it's only something that has been talked about right now so for example i've heard uh, egx is working on something like that for this summer but at the same time i know it's not going to be the official egx so they'll still going to be an egx and then they will do an an online event i was wondering if some of the major events of the year will be turning or you've heard anything about them turning completely digital or fully digital for good? Yeah,
1: it takes a while. Uh, my strategy is uh, uh, very clear, and I say this to my clients, everyone now, if you go to the, if you just Google it, I think you're going to found that every media, media, it just is an example, uh, but both media and events, they are trying to get the digital version of because those companies live with events, so they need to find a solution. My suggestion is if someone is used to do events and is digitally is gonna is gonna succeed because they already got the know-how. So for example, we are aware that there is uh, every 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 June, every E three, you have the PC Gamer Press Conference. And the PC Gamer Press Conference has always been live and digital. So these people know what to do. So, if I have to pitch my game somewhere, I've got to go straight away. And this is what I'm doing. I went like, to all my clients, I go to them and say, okay, this is my game that was supposed to be a D3, but they're not because D3 is not there. Can you do something? Uh, people that have got expertise uh, in digital event is the one people that you probably need to invest and
3: morning no no I was saying so basically what you're saying is that there may be a turnout of the importance of some events so some events that may be may have been central and very important during the year may be overshadowed by some other events that was not as popular but it will, it will become more popular as they are more skilled in a digital uh, organization basically
1: indeed you 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 can see also last year gamescom was absolutely I I personally think I love e3, but I think gamescom absolutely destroyed e3. Uh, last year, and this year, they um, they, they, they now go all digital, but they got Geoff Keighley. He's going to have his live show. And last year, the live show at Gamescom on Geoff Keighley was really good. This year, he's going to be it's gonna be absolutely destroying every type of uh, competition. And um, I would see also, I don't know the details about what Gamescom plan to do for the trade, but having spoke with them, and I'm speaking at the moment with them, um, organizer of devcom for some of my clients i would say keep an eye on devcom keep an eye on um, the editorial opportunity that the live show is going to have this is going to be a very it's going to be very difficult to get in uh because of course there is less event but if you start moving um, rolling the ball now this is going to be for me for any indie and uh, medium size, it's small India, medium size India is the event which focuses focus on. EGX, I'm not entirely sure. They are really good at the event, but I didn't see um I didn't I, I didn't have something in front of me that uh, give me the same confidence of uh, um reaching the audience in a digital form because EGX is more like a festival in the UK. And I think, uh, I think it's not, consumer are very difficult to attract in some, in some way. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah, I just, I just, uh, stopped right there. I just mentioned AGX because it's the last people I talked to. So that's, uh, basically the only reason I mentioned them.
1: They're a great guy, but I think uh, if you have to invest uh, time and money, I would probably move towards a more European audience. Like, you know, the, the Gamescom Digitals is the right one to, that I'm I'm feeling confident at the moment.
3: All right. Thank you very much.
2: I think it's gonna depend on the demo, the demographic as well. Like so I think all are less affected by it like we were talking before they started about the kind of the anarchy in London and the, how the, the lockdown it's not it's not anarchic. But there's the parks are not closed and the one thing you see in parks is groups of kind of teenage boys playing games together which is forbidden, but they're still doing it. And um, I do think I do think humans like to get together. and I do think when as we get through lockdown, I think people are realizing that some things can be done remotely and they need to be and it's a good thing, and other things are better with human contact. Um, and I do think we'll end up reinventing um, the year, the games industry year and it'll have more remote digital content but there'll still be some events but I think it's too early to say how that's gonna look in 2022 I think that ne- even next year 2021 people will be working out what's possible and then 2022 will happen which sounds crazy but I think that might be the case
3: Alright, thank you very much
2: Okay
0: so we have some other questions so I'll, I'll try to get to them in order the first one is from antonio farina it's he says it's a very simple question i'm convinced that pr for mobile games
1: uh, are not useful what do you think i completely agree oh my god that Antonio! <laughs> I, I look i say this and my colleagues that running pr agencies are probably disagree with me i did one or two uh, PR launch a mobile game um, with Renaissance. And he, one, it works quite well, but it works because it was a license. So, in my experience, the mobile game PR are not, if you have money to spend, don't spend on, on a mobile PR agency because you're going to benefit more on user acquisition. However, and then I, I, I know Emily probably you know this very well, uh, if you have a big license or a license then the, ch- the, the the stuff is completely different because my experience with license on mobile is actually you can get a lot of coverage because it's the license to drive the comms not the, the platform.
2: I mean just before I went on maternity leave I worked on Pokemon Go so you know that exploded and so but that's an exception. Um, I've also, I also remember working on the Deus Ex mobile game at Square Enix and that got a lot of coverage, um, not least because of how they teased it. But again, I think that's exceptional. I agree with Stefano entirely. It's about user acquisition. So if you've got budget, spend it on that because it's a numbers game in mobile. So, And you're not going to get numbers from like a, a review in a newspaper. With the best will in the world, because people will read it and then move on.
1: I know it sounds counterintuitive. They basically say, don't give me a warning, but I'd rather, I'd rather be honest a uh, there is this myth about the PR and the magic, uh, magic bullet, and unfortunately it's not, otherwise I would have a Ferrari, and I don't have a Ferrari at the
2: moment. There can be some mobile titles that are an interesting premise, but often the story on mobile is when it gets big. Like, actually, Therefore, once again, you need to create an audience before you start trying to think what the story is. And then I would say.
0: Okay. So another question from Lorenzo is Hi, has someone that are involved in the main industry circuit developing a sort of long-term plan for major events like uh, new congregation websites or new application? in case coronavirus will turn out to be a cyclic, cyclic issue that we have to face every winter.
1: So the question is the, if there is a digital event that is...
0: Yeah, probably some big players are already thinking about
1: what to do just in case it, it's cyclical. I believe the whole industry is doing that. Everyone that works in events, everyone working events is uh, we're having conversations. What I would be surprised, it would be an amazing uh, opportunity for uh, what remains of E3 is actually reinvent themselves. Thinking this year to reinvent themselves and coming next year in June with something completely different and leaves on your screen and on, um, on a live. So I believe we're going to start seeing stuff happening, sure. It's definitely the biggest event, they already do that, but they don't have the plan ready yet, but I'm pretty sure there are
2: it's interesting isn't it because some sectors have some cyclical events now which are going direct to the consumers i'm thinking about esports racing specifically like f1 like that has that has a season and people tune in to watch it so it's about different sectors of the industry learning from each other as well. And, and again, 2020 and 2021 are how we adapt. It's it's, it's looking at... We're going to have to look at some of these newer digital events, work out if they reached an audience, and if they were successful, they may go into the cycle. Let's hope that we can find a vaccine for COVID so that we don't live like this every year.
0: Okay, so another question from Domiziana is I was wondering if you have any tips for projects at a very early stage for which it's not possible to showcase too much content and in a normal situation a real life chat or Q&A would be more engaging for journalists?
2: Well my first question is how early because you don't want to show something too early and then have a long PR campaign anymore like like the days of, of two-year PR campaigns are gone. That's my opinion. Steph may or may not disagree. So I suppose the first question is, in reply to that, is how early are you in your project?
0: If I can say something, probably if it's very early, I won't show it to journalists. I mean, if, if, if you're not able to, you know, just let the journalist play, probably by himself and enjoy it, probably it's better just not to show it.
1: Right. Yeah, I would also talk, thinking about um, thinking about showing uh, and journalists. I don't know which game we're talking about. How big is it? But in general, no more than three months before release is uh, is generic. It could change. You know, for some campaign we work on here, but it, I mean, if it's not in alpha or beta stage, I would just wait and uh, and maybe start working on uh, what to show when you're going to get to this stage of development. It's more like a design, the campaign stage, more than actually uh, showing something too early.
2: I can think of some case studies from my career where code's been shown early and I've understood why that's happened, but they were big franchises. So it's, it's a hard question to answer because it depends on the type of game. And also there are sometimes reasons uh, kind of corporate reasons might why, why you might need to show something. If if you want a couple of examples, like from from Steph and I have probably both worked on brands that have been to sh- been shown to Game Informer in the US to get a front cover, and they've they're often shown really early. But that's an exception, and it's to get the front cover. It, you know, you wouldn't also show it to everyone else at that stage. And another game that I worked on that was shown really very early and then had a total change of direction about 2 years into the campaign and finally came out was borderlands um and there were lots of reasons why that was shown early um and it and it managed to get away with it because it changed for the better and it became this cyberpunk crazy environment you know um, mad max style which it just wasn't when it was first shown but again they're big brands and that happened for a reason yeah it depends on the title basically uh, we'd need to know a bit more to truly answer the question for your title
1: and um, which is uh, which is allow me to just uh, reinforce the fact that if you guys if any of you want to have a uh, 30 minutes one-to-one session we offer these to i uh, i Thanks for our collaboration with Idea. So you can uh, let us know. And I think uh, it's uh, it's all in the morning because we of course we, we also working during during those times. But uh, me and Emily are available for thirty. Either me or Emily or both, depending. But we we are available for thirty minutes, one to one, where you actually either you actually fire all your questions and I try to answer with as much um, information as possible. We can also sign an NDA. Okay, just
0: you know, following up on this, since we have another no real questions on the on the chat for now, is for a, a small team, an independent team. What's your
1: ideal campaign? What would you do? Um The ideal as an indie team. What's my ideal campaign?
0: Yeah, you know, you are a small team. You have maybe your first game or stuff like that, what What do you suggest? I, I mean, it's, it's a very difficult question because it, it changes a lot based on the game. But what do you do in a broader term? What do you suggest?
2: Basically, you want to know what your product is and what you're saying about it. So you need to define some key messaging that you stick to when you talk about it. And then you want to work out um, where you want to see it. So, what is your target media? And then you want to work out when it's you can show it, which we also just touched on. So, is it good enough to show yet? And then you look at the release date. You go, okay, we're aiming for September 2020. And then you kind of work backwards and you go, okay, well, like if it's in September, I need people to review it at the end of August. That's going to, you know, so then I need code in july for that and then you and then can they preview it so let's work back and then so it's so all. i suppose like what i'm saying is that the first principles of a pr campaign is you need you need your messaging and you need a timeline and i and i always work back from the release date and then and then work out when i'm going to do the reviews the previews the first looks the exciting news all of that kind of thing steph do you want to add some more detail to
1: my skeleton. Absolutely, sense. But The main thing, the, the, the biggest things we found about people coming to us is that they're coming to us too late. All the stuff that Emily mentioned should be done at the very beginning. What are you selling? If, 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 you, if, if you go and buy a car, you know why you want an Alta Romeo versus a Honda. And it's the same kind of principle. When you start the defining... Uh, when, when, when you start working on your game, try to plan in advance uh, why you selling and how uh, how long uh, in advance uh, you want to start to uh, build the bus about it again in general for indies we uh, because there is implication of a budget channels community content creators i am generally suggest three months it's a good time six months is a long campaign nine months is generally a a a, a stretch because you it's too long, and you need to have a lot of stuff um, to say. In in, 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 you know, if you work on a nine months campaign, you don't want to uh, stress people releasing every single thing you do because people's interests is on certain element. So, to summarize, know what your game is, and plan when you write your game design document. When you find the first draft, and when you start talking about fine investment, you already need to have probably an idea, and go to speak with the PR your PR, happy
2: person. Yeah. yeah, I was just going to say that. So even if you're not planning your three-month campaign for for say a year, you can always have a PR or a marketing person look over your core messaging at the beginning and then and then you have a big gap and you make your game and then you do the campaign but at least if you at least you've had someone with that skill set
0: since you work both, um, you know, uh, with with different companies, um, have you found some differences working with Italian teams and UK teams?
1: Wow. Um, (laughs) mm, Not really, I mean, I think there is one thing that they keep banging on that a lot is sometimes Italian think that they are not good enough. And this is not true i saw very create more uh, to be fair i sometimes I saw very creative speeches of projects that never got released in italy what i think in the uk is quite more more easy for finding find funding and some other stuff but I, I don't think there is any major difference in working on uh, on uh, with team in the uk or in italy i think um, what is the difference It's not the country, it's more like the experience. So I work with very experienced people in Italy and I work with very experienced people in the UK and that was very similar. I work with very unexperienced or I talk uh, with very unexperienced people in Italy and the same is in the UK. But um, no, I don't think there is a lot of difference. I don't think so.
2: In my in my experience, all the Italians I've worked with have been and this is 20-year career, just incredibly professional and well, but also welcoming. And I mean, because <laughs> I've obviously been a PR manager, so you're the person expected to pay the bill at the end of the night. And Italy is the only country where the journalists have often insisted on buying the dinner just to make me feel welcome. Um, that's happened in Milan and Rome. And also I remember sitting with whole groups of Italians at the you know at the dinners so not during the formal meetings and I said at the beginning I speak French I speak Spanish but I don't speak Italian and yet being made to feel so welcome by the Italians with whom I can't speak the language compared to elsewhere in Europe so from from a from a kind of human point of view Italy is a absolutely marvelous place to work in.
1: And a press event in Italy I have been I've been a press event in Italy for clients and when I was in PR in Italy, there is a lot of the country lend itself a lot on, on this site. Yeah.
2: People want it, yeah. People want to go to them. <laughs> Let's hope we can <laughs> can can travel again one day so that people can still, uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. yeah, no, I mean, it's such an easy kind of, do you want to go to an event in Milan or Rome? Uh, yes, please. <laughs> like, it's not the same as trying to get someone to go to, <laughs> let's say, I'm just going to come out and say my hometown, which I love with a passion, but it's much less appealing to get people to go to Sheffield to see a Sumo title, <laughs> for example. So... Yeah.
0: Okay. We have another question from Samuele from Farage Reply. Uh, Is the six months run for a PR campaign something new related to coronavirus? I was considering a nine month window for our new game.
1: Will there be more noise to compete with? Um, if you have a nine month, I launched Assassin's Creed 2 in nine months. And, um, just an example. And it was quite an intense campaign. And it was an open world with a lot to say. A 9 months campaign is really depending on what you... It, 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 I would be warned about the cost, because if you have a 9 month, um agency, you need to pay it. And I saw campaign that was six months uh, using a multi-agency scenario. Then mid-campaign, they said, well, we're spending a lot of money in PR. i say, well, yeah, because the campaign is too long and it doesn't... It doesn't recover the money quickly enough. But maybe this is not your case because you'll you be you, very well-funded and everything. Uh, I think with coronavirus, the problem is there is less journalists, less publication that are keen to write because the, the situation that is now in the UK, we have like 20 freelancers that write for 50 publications that are not writing because there is no budget to use freelance. There is an article from... Uh, gi.bs that came out yesterday from the former editor of Kafak, fact that left that depict picture a very very sad media landscape. I don't agree with all of it, but I think you uh, have some quite good points. So to answer your question I say nine months is a long campaign. you're gonna struggle to get coverage now and then in September or in Q4, you need to see what uh, the, the the platform all is gonna do. Uh, we don't know when next gen is gonna launch, but guarantee that when those gonna launch, all the news, all the media, everyone gonna go to those people first, and to and to every everything else after. So it's a very tough uh, decision to make um, at the moment. So I would say you can do nothing. You have a, a nine months from now. Wait a couple of. See how the market evolves, and then decide how long is the campaign. Because in six months, you can launch pretty much any type of game. as a full account point of view. So you don't need nine months, really.
2: Like, I mean, I just think campaigns have got shorter because people have got shorter because people have got shorter memories, and because, um, largely because of the internet, you know, like. So you, if you have a long campaign, it's exactly what are saying, the longer the campaign the more content you need and also that's more you've got to persuade the press to recover it several times so it really does need to be compelling so you need to work out whether or not you can sustain it.
1: And there is one thing also i like to add that, that is an error that Everyone does, I do some time and I'm just trying to get better at when I design campaign. But whenever you have a PR beat it could be an announcement or a trailer or anything, try to have some metrics measuring. Uh, we see a lot of publishers, a lot of people, a lot of indie uh, trying to track their wish list on Steam versus when the media eats. And there's a good methodology. It's not going to tell you about how effective your campaign or how many copies you save, but if you suspect you see a spike on the wish list, there's going to be a good...
3: Um, sorry,
1: it's my Alexa, say something. But no worries. Um, what I was trying to say is the wish list uh, is one metric. I don't know. If you announce the release date of your game, you send the trailer to 3,000 people, you get coverage, and then you look at the wish list. Uh, uh, if the... Re- it could be a metric, the wishlist go up means that you're doing a good job. If there's a remaining flat, either your game is not familiar or there is something wrong on you know, Steam page or, or stuff like that. That's another um, uh, suggestion I'd like to uh, to give to everyone.
0: OK, we have another question uh, from David Garofalo from Explored. Um, it's a question more focused on Explore needs uh, than on all of us here. Do you have any experience in innovative startup scale up corporate peer campaign?
2: I mean Stefan and I have both worked well, I mean on corporate corporate comms and um it feels like a hard question to answer because it's so wide. Um I almost feel like that's one for the 30 for a 30 minute chat separately. <laughs> yeah. Especially given it's 5 o'clock. Um But yes, yeah. So, yeah. Um, I mean in terms of if I'm understanding the question correctly, it's can it's kind of can you can as well as doing consumer PR, can you turn your hand to corporate PR?
0: Okay, so I think the Definitely. answer is yes, let's chat about it in a 30 minute talk. okay <laughs> Yeah,
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> okay exactly. yeah exactly So exactly. It's, exactly. It's six o'clock here, five o'clock for you. So I think it's time to close it up, right? So thank you, Stefano. Thank you, Emily. Um, This business talk will be available to download later. Uh, In the meantime, if you want to contact Emily and Stefano